I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Good morning. Welcome to a brand new week on 11 to 1. Sinead Brazel here. Great to be with you. A groundbreaking true crime series looking at three of the most notorious miscarriages of justice cases from the 70s and 80s airs tonight on RTE. Reporter Mick Pilo joins me to discuss episode one. It's focusing on the story of 19-year-old Una Linsky who went missing on a country lane near her home in Rathoth in County Meath in October 1971. Do not miss that. It's going to be a great chat with Mick. New year, new style. Maria Macklin, our image consultant, is with us helping us detox our wardrobe of items that will never work for us. She's going to join us very shortly. WhatsApp and text lines are open 086 1800 658. 11 to 1 on LMFM with Gilmore's Kings Court. See gilmores.ie. There's the police kicking us off this morning with every little thing she does is magic. Sinead Brazel here with you. It is LMFM Radio and it's 11 to 1 with you. Um, And I hope you're doing well. I hope you had a really nice weekend and you're ready for the week ahead. And we have a lot to get through on the show today. And, um, you know, it was was one of those weekends for me where I was catching up on things that I was supposed to try and get done during the week. I don't know what happened last week. Maybe it was because it was the first week back. But I was chasing my tail for the week and anyway, I was looking over some news stories and things that I might have missed and something that I find absolutely deplorable, unfortunately, is rearing its ugly head again. I could say online bullying, but really I want to say it's it's more than just the phrase online bullying. It's the absolute shredding of a woman who's only 22, by the way. Uh, in vile online comments and I it just has me wondering where are we going? Where are we going as a society? The story in question that got me so angry really centres around Love Island contestant Molly Mae Haig and people will know her. She was in the series with Maura Higgins and she's a model, she's a social media influencer and something I didn't realise actually, she's creative director of Pretty Little Thing clothing line and she was a guest on Dragon Den's um, Stephen Bartlett from Dragon Den. He has a, a podcast. It's called Diary of a CEO. And uh, she was a guest on this. And she made comments about everybody having the same 24 hours in the day. So essentially, she says, what I've spoken about in the past, and I've been slammed a little bit with people saying, oh, it's easy for you to say that you've not grown up in poverty, you've not grown up with major money struggles. So for you to sit there and say we all have the same 24 hours in a day is not correct. And I'm like, but technically what I'm saying is correct. We do. So I understand that we all have different backgrounds. We're all raised in different ways and we do have different financial situations. But I do think if you want something enough, you can achieve it. It just depends to what lengths you want to go to, to where you want to be in the future and I'll go to any length. I've worked my absolute arse off to get to where I am now, she says. So she has a following of something like 6.3 million 
and she's been slammed for being tone deaf and stupid uh, with some uh, comments referring to her as uh, you know being like Thatcher saying that she's you know in a position of privilege and she's always has been and she's no clue what it's like for people struggling to make ends meet or who are homeless and this kind of thing now look there is no doubt about it the way she put this and the way this was phrased is all wrong Um, but I think you know, maybe she was referring to her own situation. And of course, many people who didn't listen to the entire interview and only a snippet of it are having an absolute field day. Let me tell you, tearing down a 22 year old woman online. We've all said things in life. I'm still saying them probably that we wish we didn't, particularly when we were younger. And I've I've no doubt that I've said some absolute crazy things that I would just cringe at. But the difference is that my statements and, you know, snippets of what I have said are not plastered all over social media. People are not, you know, say, mocking me that way. Uh, The level of vile abuse directed at Molly May Haig is just atrocious. And this is what we need to be talking about, not what she has said. We need to be talking about how we as a society treat a 22 year old woman that maybe says something that's a bit ill informed, you know, Um. And I just think, you know, have we learned nothing? Caroline Flack's anniversary, by the way, will be coming up soon. We all know how she was tormented by what was going on in in the media and on social media. This is why my daughter is not on social media. This kind of thing is just toxic. And whatever we may think about the statements, you know, it's not okay to just completely tear somebody down on social media. The podcast presenter Stephen Bartlett come out and he said, I think, and I think he's right in this, he says, Molly May faced a double standard as a young and successful woman uh, and he says his male guests do not have to tiptoe around their successes. He says, um, Molly May did in the interview on the podcast, a soundbite from that went viral. She trended number one on Twitter. Every newspaper covered it and MPs even weighed in. He says, I've had male guests say what she said. Nobody cared. But when Molly says it, she's crucified. Crazy. I've become very aware of the double standards that successful women face. If I interview a man, he can brag about money, take full credit for his success and talk about his cars. If I interview a successful woman, she's got to tiptoe around her success and watch her words. Gender issues aside, the standard we hold Molly May to as a 22-year-old that's figuring out the world is absolutely outrageous. I completely agree with this. I completely agree. Who are we to, like, we've all been, you know, stand-up citizens in life, have we? We've never said anything that we kind of go, oh, maybe that was a bit ill-informed, actually. It's just atrocious. We need to do so much better as a society. If our response is to just lynch her online when she says something like this, I don't want to be part of it. I really don't. And I think to rip somebody down uh, so much online, nobody deserves this treatment. Wondering what you think of this. Have you seen it trending on Twitter? Have uh, just Maybe you've just tuned into what I'm saying. Have you got an opinion of it? I'd love to hear from you. 86 There's Tom Grennan little bit of love you're listening to 11 to 1 Sinead Brazel here with you messages coming in on text on 086 658 uh, I think there's a bit of confusion why are the LMFM presenters confusing listeners Michael Reed says use the new number 0419832000 
11 to 1 presenter that's me then saying uh, the, the text the text and WhatsApp you can use any of them you can use any of them you can use the text and WhatsApp okay 086 1800 658 for, to get through to, to me directly into the studio here with a comment or anything like that if you want to call up and speak to Breege at reception okay so call up our landline you can do that as well 0419832000 apologies if there's any confusion okay there's two numbers there's two ways of getting in touch with us WhatsApp and text if you just want to text or if you want to have a chat with Breege about something or if you want to give uh, allow Breege to give you in your comment to us you can do that as well on the new number okay so apologies if there's any confusion over that. Now, getting to some of the messages on the Molly Haig issue. Sinead, you were right. We were all young once and God only knows what I said when I was young. She definitely doesn't deserve the abuse that she's getting online, says one message. Uh, Sinead, definitely double standards. If Tommy, her boyfriend, said it, we would probably laugh it off. Yeah, well, maybe so. You know, he has been in the line of fire as well, you know, over just little things that he said as well. But like you say, definitely not to the level of uh, what Molly May is getting. Another message on a different slant here. Sinead, she has millions of followers, a lot of them impressionable young people. What she said was so stupid. She shouldn't have compared her life to somebody who's in a really dire situation saying that we all have the same 24 hours. It was tone deaf. Look, I'm not saying that what she said wasn't ill-informed. Again, I'm just going to state straight away, I didn't listen to the full podcast. I didn't listen to any podcast part of it. I'm just reading up on what I'm getting online. You know, we can't just take this one small statement and, and run with it at the end of the day. The other side of that is, you know, Yes, there's impressionable young people following her. And look how we are showing our impressionable young people. If you make a mistake, we're going to absolutely lambaste you all over the internet and, and call you every name under the sun. I think that's a worse message to be getting out to the to our, to our young people. Keep your comments coming in on this. You can uh, both no, both ways, 0419832000 or 0861800658. There's pink. Just give me a reason. I think there's gremlins in the system here. That's my excuse. She came in there just when I wasn't ready for her to start. You know, this sort of thing happens. And it's a Monday. So, of course, this sort of thing is going to happen. It is a new year. And if, you know, like myself, you look into the wardrobe and you go, oh, what will I wear today? You know, there's nothing in here that's looking good. I don't like myself in that. That colour doesn't work. That's a bit old looking. You know, we do. We have this, don't we? When we stare into the wardrobe. And you think, it's time, that's it. It's time, it's for an overhaul. I need to change what's going on. Well, we don't know where to start, really, because sometimes we throw out all the stuff and then we just replace it with the exact same stuff that doesn't work for us. You know, this is what happens to us. Well, image consultant from um, House of Colour, Maria Macklin, she wants to change all of this. She's going to chat to us about her work, what she does, how she can help you detox your wardrobe as well. And um, we're going to chat to her just after this. 11 to 1 on LMFS. Oh, you know it's a Monday when things start going wrong for you. <laughs> but anyway, we have or we do. It's a new year. And if you're tired of looking into your heaving wardrobe where nothing works for you, then perhaps this is the year that you have a detox uh, for your wardrobe and start only adding items of clothing that complement you. Maria Macklin, she's a regular guest in 11 to 1. She's been helping people from all walks of life completely overhaul their look through her colour analysis and style expertise. And she's very much encouraging us to detox our wardrobes this year. Buy less and buy the right kind of clothes for us. Maria's with me on the line now. How are you doing, Maria? 
Hi, Sinead. Good morning. Oh, I'm, I'm great. We finally, we, 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 had a bit of, we had a bit of panic there, but we have you. Thank you so much for joining us and Happy New Year to you as well, first of all. Um, now, for people who might not be familiar with you and our regular slot here, this might be a good opportunity to remind them about the work that you do with House of Colour as an image consultant. So what do you do and how does it work? It's a modular process. It's two modules. And what I do is really match the right clothes to the right person be it male or female, and that's about connecting with your personality, how you express yourself, how you want to express yourself, how you want to be perceived, about looking at your body architecture, how it's made up. You are unique. The clothes are mass-produced. We're not mass-produced, so it's understanding which are the right clothes for you, and then looking at the colours which flatter you, and some do and some definitely don't. And when you have all of those three pieces together, you can have a holistic view of how you show up in the world, whether it's for casual, whether it's for formal, whether you need to take command or whether you need to take a back seat. We all have a different voice in the choir. Some of us like to sing solo and some of us don't. Some of us want to have more impact than others. But it's about understanding what is your place and how you take it. I love that. And we've spoken about this before, you know, on the programme where, you know, people feel that they are being more impactful, say, in their professional lives when they, you know, they feel noticed and all of that. You know, we've, we've spoken about that in the, in, the, in the past. And there's a huge range of clothing out there in a huge variety of colour, but not every colour suits everyone. So this is where you come in and you have many different uh, uh, kind of scarves, isn't it, that you put all around people to kind of kind of see what suits their skin tone and all of that. Yes, we have. And, and, and it's all done in natural daylight. And, and you're right, there are a huge range of colours out there. And most people, well, a lot of people, I shouldn't tar everybody with the same brush, but a lot of people will default to black or default to neutral colours because they're not sure what impact they should make. They're not sure how to make that impact, how much colour to wear. And some people shy away from it then and, and end up wearing very neutral colours. But there are different colours which suit different skin tones. And once you have that right, you need less makeup, you'll be visible, you'll be heard, you'll be seen, you'll be valued. There's a whole lot of bonus sides. You have a really nice funnel when you go into the shop, which cuts out the overwhelm, cuts out the noise, because you can really focus on the things that are right for you. And it's not just colours, it's also the styles. We yeah. are bombarded daily by styles, by new trends, by new things in the shops and it's really about understanding which of those work for you because they cannot all work for everybody. Well this is it and I was just going to mention about style and that's what you do as well, you go through that with people which is fantastic and you know the way shops are laid out as you say, sometimes you'll have all different kind of complementing colours looking together so you could probably make a beeline then to the colours that work for you which cuts out all of that and it makes kind of less time in, in, in terms of that overwhelm. Now something that I saw on your social media pages recently um, about yourself and why you do what you do and you mentioned your own experience of feeling invisible and how a lot of people who come to you for help feel the same way so there must be quite the transformation not just physically but mentally in clients as well it's it's hugely transformative Sinead and I often see the transformation starting here I often see women and men unfurling um, in the chair while they're in my studio some of them is about liberating from uh, constraints that they've put upon themselves or social norms some of it is that some of it is about understanding that actually what they thought was right is, so it's giving them permission to do that. 
some of it is about is about moving away from the norms that are put upon us because they're not right for that person and it's about really expressing who you are and quite often it, it, it can be a very emotional experience for me and for the client um, but hugely liberating and massively empowering and you're right people start to stand up they start to feel valued if you don't value yourself people around you won't value you you know it's contagious how you feel about you is contagious whether it's a negative feeling or a positive feeling that's contagious that's great to have everybody having a positive feeling that's what you want at the end of this absolutely so you're encouraging us you know it's a new year you're encouraging us to detox our wardrobes and you've even started um, an online workshop on this tell me about this and how is it going okay so I I encourage this regularly actually I mean I I think we should have we shouldn't have a one way system into your wardrobe if you have a one way street and cars keep going into it you'll get to a point where you can't get back out you know so A one-way system into your wardrobe isn't a good idea. We are buying 60% more clothes than we did 15 years ago, even though we don't have any more time to wear these clothes. You know, so our wardrobes are jammed. If you don't know what you have or you don't know what you haven't, how on earth are you going to make a decision about what to wear every day? Stuff is getting lost in there. We're buying, you know, an average of one item every week, 50 items in. If you're putting 50 items in, you need to be taking 50 items out. So there has to be some sort of process where you manage what you have so you can see everything you have and you stop repeat buying. Um, We kicked off yesterday with a a group of women. I I do this regularly. So this is the third, I think the third time I've done it. And they're given bite-sized tasks on a daily basis in order to really assess every single item from top to bottom, from their tops to accessories, shoes, all of it, piece by piece to understand what's right and what's not and why isn't it and therefore what what needs to happen to it. Okay, so give us an, ex- an idea of some of the tasks then. Give us an idea of okay. one of the tasks so, you set. So, so today they're looking at tops. So okay. top shirts and blouses and that's today. And they go through each one piece by piece. Does it fit? Four questions. Does it fit? Is it good quality? So it's not worn out. Is it the right style for you? Is it the right colour for you? Are you wearing it? Would you like to wear it but you're not wearing it? So you've got to ask yourself, a series of questions about every single item and then decide whether it stays or whether it goes. And yesterday we had a very interesting, um, we kicked off with a Zoom online on introductory chat and one of the women on the chat decided that she she knows she has these pair of black leather trousers which aren't the right colour for her but she didn't want to let them go. And so somebody else in the group started up and I said, I pointed to another woman in the group and I said, you know, those would be work for you. So they've already swapped them and they've moved out of one wardrobe into another wardrobe but it's about, it's, it's almost, I almost sometimes feel like a matchmaker. I'm matching the right, <laughs> yeah. the right person. You know? <laughs> but it's, it's, it's fabulous to see the clothes that she didn't want to give them to anybody because mm. they were expensive and they were valuable and she wanted to see them being worn and that's what's happened. It's wonderful. Oh, that's fantastic. And then likewise, she might pick something up from somebody else in the group, uh, you know, as well, which is great. Now, there was a great article that you came across um, as well, going into detail about something called the Diderot effect. Tell me about this, because I think most people will relate to this. And this is our little history lesson for the day. Okay, the Diderot, I came across this on 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 a James Clear website. If you're familiar with James Clear, he talks about habits and creating good habits. And he talks about uh, Diderot, who was a famous French philosopher, who was poor all his life, but that changed when he needed to provide a diary for his daughter and he couldn't afford to. He was well known as a writer of encyclopedia, very comprehensive encyclopedia at the time, but he wasn't making any money from it. 
Catherine the Great, the Empress of, Ru- Empress of Russia, heard that he was in trouble and she offered to buy his library for him for the equivalent today of 50,000 US dollars. Um, and so he had money. He had money mm-hmm. to spare. So after this, he decided to buy himself a new scarlet robe. And in his own words, that's when everything went wrong because the robe was beautiful, so beautiful that he immediately noticed how out of place it seemed when it was surrounded by the rest of his possessions. So there was no more coordination, no more unity, no more beauty between his robe and the rest of his items. So therefore, he felt the urge to buy some new things to match his robe. So everything else was replaced and upscaled and up, you know, moved into better quality. And that process has become known as the Diderot effect. It's and this is what we do, isn't it, Maria? Yeah. We're constantly doing this stuff where we're going, I'll buy this yeah. and you think, oh, that suits nothing there. That's it. The whole wardrobe has to go. Instead mm-hmm. of in the first place going out and going, what is going to suit what I already have? And yeah. not well, be completely yeah. out of place. Isn't that it? Yeah. So it's a spiral of consumption. Yeah. It means you to acquire more and more new things. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and, you're, still, and you're still not fulfilled. It doesn't make you any happier. Yeah, we think it will, but it actually it doesn't. It really doesn't. So, keep buying more. Mm. In terms of this, then, what would you like us to take on board when it comes to the new year and buying new clothes? Because I know you have pledged something yourself, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm. I, I, I'm a bit nervous about making this public, but yes, I have pledged this year that I will buy no more new clothes. Okay. So anything I buy will either be pre-loved or vintage or second-hand. Apart from shoes and underwear, I won't wear. No. I won't buy those second-hand. But anything else. I'm going, and I used to do this a lot because it's it's you can find some really interesting pieces. So you're not looking like everybody else, and you can find some interesting pieces. It's better for the economy. It's better for my wallet. It's better for my the interest in my wardrobe. But yeah, that's my that's my pledge, and I've made it public now. So uh, you have to no better woman to stick to this. Absolutely, you've given us lots of food for thought as always, Maria. Thank you so much for joining us on the show today. You're welcome, Sinead. Happy New Year to you too. Happy New Year. If people want to book a consultation with Maria for colour analysis, you can get in touch with her. Maria.Macklin at houseofcolour.com. You'll also find her on Instagram and Facebook, Unlocking Your Style. News at 12 is on the way. And after that, we're going into a brand new true crime series starting on RTE. I'm going to be chatting to reporter Mick Pilo. Still to come on 11 to 1, a groundbreaking true crime series looking at three of the most notorious miscarriages of justice cases from the 70s and 80s airs tonight on RTE. Reporter Mick Pilo joins me to discuss episode one. It's going to focus on the story of 19-year-old Una Linsky, who went missing on a country lane near her home in Rathoth, County Meath, in October 1971. That's all to come. 11 to 1 on LMFM with Gilmore's Kings Court. See gilmores.ie. Air online on your smart speaker. This is LMFM. Sinead Brazel here with you till one. That's James Arthur. Say you won't let go. Now, uh, getting to this slightly later than usual, but it's time to go back in time. And today was the day where the very first uh, episode of a really great series centering around a mobster family was aired. 
LMFM Northeast Update with Senator Windows. Whether you're extending, building or replacing your windows and doors, talk to your local Senator Windows dealer today on 1850 774455. Temperatures out there, 9 to 12 degrees. I was thinking, what's going on today? It's back to that mild weather again. The cold seems to have gone away for a while. Sunset is 4.28pm. Sunrise tomorrow, 8.38am. On this day in 1999, The Sopranos, starring James Gandolfini as the mobster Tony Soprano that debuted on HBO what a massive series that was and today is Peculiar People Day a day to celebrate the leaders of the strange and unusual they challenge the status quo and utterly rebuke the concept that which that which is out of the ordinary is bad whether they simply dress in their own style or have clear ideas of what is right and normal Peculiar People Day is their opportunity to shine they'll make up a day about anything won't they LMFM Northeast Update Getting back to some messages on 086-1800-658 about the uh, start of the show when I was talking about Molly Mae Haig and her comments that were made on a podcast that were just completely all over the internet and everyone really trashing her. And I just kind of really feel that what's going on with her is just so, so wrong. Um, This is coming in um, on message here on WhatsApp regarding the online bullying on the 22-year-old. Unfortunately, it's part of the platform you stand on when you have an audience that big. Even call centre staff or customer service dealing directly with the public get abuse based on what has been issued out on the online or in publication. Bullying is not right, but if you're going to shine a light to be a role model to online audiences, then you need to know what to say. And if you don't, then how so then get somebody maybe who can guide you correctly the world is full of angry people and all it takes is somebody to say the wrong thing this is it and this is on the same sort of vein I completely agree to you with you Sinead it's so unfair to treat a young girl like that is it just me or can you say nothing these days without a mob attack and this is you know part of the I've spoken about this quite a few times on the show before and um, I even had uh, Stella O'Malley commentating on this as well just about this idea of cancel culture and you know people jumping on to a portion of what somebody has said and then just completely just attacking them online and you know trying to write them out of of culture and having them cancelled and all of that unfortunately social media is a huge part of our lives this is going to go hand in hand with those in the public eye hopefully she has good people around her to help yeah like this is this is just genuinely what I would worry about because it seems at the minute that this is ongoing online like it's going to be trending for a while people are talking about it people are you know attacking her all of this it's kind of relentless at the moment And this is why I address it, because it's not right and it's not okay to just say whatever you want to somebody online and and, and think that they're going to be fine about it. I really genuinely would worry that, you know, about her well-being. And I really hope, like that other message has said, that there is, you know, that there are good people around her that um, are looking after her. Because this is what has happened in the past, you know, and as I mentioned at the top top of the show there, that it is a very much approaching Caroline Flax anniversary. That's something that I'm very conscious of as well. And her appeal for people to be kind and her family's appeal to be kind it just seems to be getting lost I just don't understand I really don't understand why people feel they can say whatever they want to people online it's not okay to do that anyway moving on and time to see what else is happening in the world of celebrity The Buzz on LMFM with the Crown Plaza Dundalk featuring Ireland's tallest work of art rooftop restaurant bistro bar and conference rooms wedding and banqueting for up to 400 people the Crown Plaza Dundalk.ie has it all Hi I'm Hannah 
Anton Deck's new game show, Limitless Win, started over the weekend and is the first game show with a limitless jackpot. And tells the buzz what makes the show so tense. Because you're playing for real money and these are real contestants and I think it's so tense because you get up the money ladder very quickly on our show and when you lose those lives and they drop down the ladder, that's very tense indeed because you can only bank the cash if you give a correct answer. Gordon Ramsay hasn't had the nicest things to say about his daughter Megan's boyfriend, Byron, during an appearance on The Kelly Clarkson Show. The famous chef certainly didn't hold back when he branded him as pathetic and a little bit wet. It was, it was okay to begin with, a little bit wet, you know, a little yeah. bit sort of, you, you want a man to date your daughter and he was just a little bit pathetic. So. <laughs> I, 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 Byron is being a man somewhere. <laughs> I'm going to kill the little Lala Kent broke down in tears during an interview over her fiancé's infidelity. The Vanderpump Rules star joined the Not Skinny But Fat podcast where she said she wishes someone would have warned her. I wish that somebody would have come to me and said, I'm getting DMs about your person. No one voiced any concern Uh for me and my relationship. You know, everyone wants to say it's not your business. How would you feel? I would give everything to turn back the clock and have someone... Lala, don't cry. I'm going to pull it together. That's The Buzz. I'm Hannah. The Buzz on LMFM. With the Crown Plaza Dundalk. Featuring Ireland's tallest work of art. Rooftop restaurant, bistro bar and conference rooms. Wedding and banqueting for up to 400 people. The Crown Plaza Dundalk.ie has it all. I got a request sent in this morning and I definitely have to mention this man because he listens in religiously so I hope he's listening today. Joe Rowe in Navin. He is 70 today. I want to wish you a very, very happy birthday and I wanted to play Tina Turner just for you today, Joe. Hope you're having a good birthday. Now, a new three-part series, Crimes and Confessions, it's called. It's starting tonight at 9.35pm and this is very much going to be, um, you know, groundbreaking and it's going to be focusing on the most notorious miscarriages of justice cases from the 70s and 80s. And tonight's episode, the first episode, is focusing on Una Linsky um, and her brutal murder. It happened in October 1971. She went missing and then, Um, her body was subsequently found in December December 10th Um, to this day her killer has has never been caught however the lives of three men in the local community were changed forever when they became suspects we're going to chat to Mick uh, Pilo he's a reporter with RTE he's going to join me just after these 11 to 1 on LMFM LMFM On Tuesday 12th of October 1971, 19-year-old Una Linsky from Rathoth was walking home from the bus stop on Porterstown Lane in Rathoth, close to Rathbegan, but she never made it home. Her body was discovered on December 10th, 1971, and to this day her killer has never been caught. However, the lives of three men in the local community were changed forever when they became suspects. Una's story is one of three that features in a new groundbreaking true crime series called Crimes and Confessions starts tonight on RTE1 and it examines miscarriages of justice cases from the 70s and 80s, drawing links between them. Joining me now on the line to tell us more is reporter with RTE's TV documentary unit, Mick Pilo. How are you doing, Mick? 
How you doing? How's it going? Oh my God! I, you know, I was researching this uh, heavily yesterday and today. And when you read up on the background to, to Una Linsky's murder case from the seventies, first of all, it's very tough reading, and I can see why this was dubbed the Irish making a murderer uh, story. You know, this is the kind of thing that one would find in in fiction. You know what I'm saying? But to, it's true life. Well, that's it. It is it, extraordinary that you would. You know, I think. We have a mysterious mystery unravels over the course of three episodes and that I think the viewers will find fascinating, shocking and revealing at the same time. And the way we tell them is in some way a whodunit uh, thriller type documentary, but about real live events. Because if you think you're not, this is not real, this mm-hmm. is drama. And you say, no, 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 this is real life events. These things happened uh, and these are the people telling you it themselves, the witnesses themselves who experienced it are telling you it. Um, Now it's 50 years ago so we're Mm. very lucky to be able to find a number of witnesses still alive today but still alive the the, the issues are hopping alive today. The wounds um, that this guard investigation in some way caused are still being hurt are still hurting today among the community of uh, uh, Porterstown Lane. And as you can probably imagine, um, that community was a very, very, and is a very tight-knit community. But in 1971, but the third generation of families who came over from the west of Ireland, who basically set up little farms around that area, and they were... they were all very, very connected because of their background. They would have been seen as maybe blow-ins for the yeah. people at that stage. But, but they, were, they, were, they were well established then in 71, three generations of them at the third generation. So Una was part of that. Una Linsky was part of that. And, and, and she had a she had a great uh, life, you know. She was a she had a job, a good steady job in in, in the civil servants. You know, she was yeah. going out with a fella. She had, yeah. she had her whole life ahead of her. So tell me, what do we know then about what happened to Una fifty years ago when she got off the bus? Well, that's the extraordinary thing because you could again. I'd be saying to people, you know, if you live on a lane in, in 1971, uh, anybody who's around that lane knows everything about everybody else. So Una gets off this bus at that always gets stops at a, at a stop on I think it's the Ferry House Road uh, stops on that stop at around sixty fifty five seven o'clock every day and she's got a fifteen to eight minute walk home which she does every single day and the busy the people coming back from work on their bicycles walking coming from buses on both ends of the lane will be will be seen walking up and down that lane or cycling or driving up and down that lane. So there was a 15 to 18 minute window of what happened to Unalinsky. And nobody is able to tell you what happened to Unalinsky. Nobody can seem to get to the bottom of the Garda investigation. We try to unravel that Garda investigation as to what, what, how did they go about investigating this? Uh, and, and how did they come to uh, suspect three local lads. Yeah, because this is when things get really complicated and this is where three local men and their lives were completely changed forever. They were Dick Donnelly, Martin Conmey and Martin Kerrigan. Uh, like, do we know on what grounds were the guards guardy treating them as suspicious well, and suspects at that time? Well, yeah. I mean, what we know uh, from the information we have, and I've got information from the Garda files, from the um, um, court evidence, court transcripts. We know that the Gardaí uh, 
the murder squad arrived two days later after and disappeared. So the investigators from Dublin come in uh, and they basically start looking at and and getting statements from from witnesses and collating information. And from that information, we know that they they have been told by a number of witnesses that there was a strange car seen on the lane around the time Mm. it disappeared. And that that car was a, a very sophisticated Ford Zephyr, Ford Zodiac type car. Not the average car you're going to see around no. the country lane in 1971, no. no. And so they saw this, six witnesses saw this car along the lane and three of them at least talk about uh, the driver of that car being a middle-aged business type man with suit and tie. One witness says nearly crashed into that car because there was a man in the back with a woman who was struggling. <gasps> And okay. that man, basically the same man, 50, 45 to 50 year old man driving that car. And D- Dick Donnelly's car is a banger of a Ford mm. Zephyr. Mm. Dick Donnelly's a, a what, 21 year old in 1971, like any, any of us would. You know, this public car was probably um, <laughs> remodeled, yeah. engines taken out. And, you know, so as Martin Conway explains, it was bits falling off. Like the engine could, you know, the, the, the exhaust could fall off. But it was there. It, it, so this car, everyone knew Dick Donnelly's car. You'd hear mm. it before, you'd see it. But it wasn't. Yet the Gardaí focused on these three lads and not on this, what looks like a definite line of inquiry. And you'd wonder why. Mm. And this is kind of, I suppose, what taps into the inspiration for RTE to produce a series like this because it's, you know, extremely heavy subject matter, yes, but the overall theme of investigating what Gardy were allegedly doing to get confessions out of people is the theme that's running throughout this. Yes. For the first time, we're we're sort of making um, an objective portrayal and analysis of guard investigations into the three, three of the probably the most notorious miscarriage of justice cases in the history of the state. And we're drawing the links between them. And the, the disappearance of Una Linsky is one of them. The Salins train robbery is another in, in 76, which is five years later. And then in 84, which is eight years after that, the Kerry Babies case. And we're drawing links and all of those they have similar patterns, mm. similar allegations of guard coercion, of guard coercion, uh, coerced confessions, fabricated mm. statements, guard brutality. Now, I would say, Sinead, that, you know, not all Gardaí had allegations were investigating these crimes had allegations yep. made against them. You know, it was, uh, but, but there is a common thread between them and there are links between them. And so while the story of Unalinsky is a standalone documentary, it, it, it does fit into this, uh, the, the series in some way tries to tease out what's going on between this, what are the links, and tease them out over a period, over three weeks. You will watch, these programs are going out each Monday night at nine thirty-five RT One over the next three weeks, and it's trying to tease out that because there were allegations and rumours at the time that there was a, 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 a guard, a heavy gang. There were rumours uh, mm. going about. Now that's always been denied. Yeah. Um, but 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 so we're trying to draw those links and tease that out in because it's very complex and nuanced at the time because you know seventies and eighties yep. in Ireland was a troubled time. Mm, absolutely, uh, the Gardaí were experiencing terrible stuff. You know, uh, Gardaí were being shot, killed. So there was what the what the government did was gave them more powers of arrest and detention, and there was a huge emphasis on getting confessions from people um, to get convictions. And and in a way, Unilinsky's murder investigation falls into that category. Um, 
which which is strange in a way. But but the other troubling thing about it is because the the Court of Criminal Appeal and Martin Connolly's uh, declaration of a miscarriage of justice does in some way is very critical of the guard investigation and uh, in saying they didn't follow a definite line of inquiry. They didn't follow, they didn't provide statements. Statements were withheld. Why were statements withheld from the court from Martin's and Dick's trial? And the other awful thing is the murder or the killing of, of Martin Kerrigan. Well, this is the, this is the thing. This comes into it. Uh, what, I think wasn't it when they they all had signed these uh, co- confessions that were you know allegedly sort of forced confessions, and yeah. then the the family of Unalinsky decided to take matters into their own hands. And 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 in a way. You, 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 again, we're trying to understand this and see yeah. why, why, and, and okay, why would that happen, or how did that happen? And what we can ascertain from what from the documents we have is that Marty Kerrigan, um, after two and a half days of intense interrogation, in order to get out of the station and get away from this, what he's allegedly saying, he's been beaten mm. and terrorised by a certain squad, a group of people, uh, Gardy, he makes a confession, he makes it up. And he makes up a confession that he, uh, that, that, that himself and Dick took, um, uh, picked her up on the lane and that Dick then dumped her body into, a, uh, into the pond in Wilkinson's estate. I don't know where that is, but I'm sure your listeners will know. Mm. And so he makes this up because that state near his home and he thought, well, if I get out, I'd be able to get home. And he's he's 19. He's, yeah, they don't know the law. Do no, you know what I mean? No. They didn't have lawyers present necessarily no, at no the time. No lawyers. No. And the thing about it is that information, that key information of him giving, uh, of admitting to this is given to the Linsky family almost immediately mm. by by the Gardaí. Which wouldn't and happen today. No, 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 no. That would not, no. no. The, the professionalism would be, uh, that mm. was not a professional way of dealing with an investigation. And I think that in some way prejudiced them against this. And of course they thought, well, these fellows are after admitting to, to take an Una. So where is she? Yeah. So and when Una's body was discovered four, three months later, up in the Dublin mountains, they couldn't determine the cause of death. And Martin Connolly and Dick Donnelly and Marty Kerrigan were saying, well, thank God she's been found. Now we're going to be, now they'll know we had nothing to do with her disappearance. Yeah. Um, but they they don't because um, because they can't determine how she how she died. Yeah, and things go ba- from bad to worse and for, for all three of them. It really does. Now we should say, and this is interesting, that uh, an apology by Garda Commissioner Drew Harris has been issued ahead of tonight's episode. Isn't that right? That is correct. Uh, it, 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 Martin, see, this is a, this is a Martin Conmey got a miscarriage of justice in twenty fourteen or twenty yeah twenty fourteen, and um, he got a state apology, and he got uh, obviously compensation for being jailed for wrong for wrongfully convicted. Uh, and but but he always felt that he the guardian never apologised publicly for mm. what happened, and that, that that left a little doubt in anybody's mind, and that little doubt still haunts him. And he said, for to get healing. And to get closure on this, he wants a public guard apology. So in fo- on foot of this programme, the Gardaí, the, the commissioner, last Friday, uh, issued a, uh, Martin with a, a letter of apology, unre- apologising unreservedly. And Martin is absolutely over the moon about this, but wants that public, mm. and wants that apology to be public. And so he's delighted that we're talking about it. He's delighted that now everyone is going to know about this. 
and and in some way, but but the the issue that's outstanding there is Martin is, make, makes calls in the program. There's there's still a level. There's something else needing needing answers, and that's the level of accountability or the lack of accountability. Martin Connolly and Dick Donnelly's family and the Kerrigan family watched um, the Gardaí, some of the Gardaí who were involved in their in their case, being promoted, being mm. held up in high esteem, and their their case being Marty being discredited, uh, cloud hanging over Dick's acquittal, was he get off on a technicality? The Donnellys and the Kerrigans never got an apology, never no. got anything from the state. And, and you're so, hoping that this is going to, you know, prompt this, that the, the this programme is going to prompt this. But also, uh, more, more importantly with this as well, is that this is going to prompt, you know, further investigation. This is the yeah. ultimate aim, yes? Well, yeah, they want a public inquiry. They yeah. want a public inquiry into how this came about. And the, and the Kerrigans, I think, and the, and the Kerrigans who are extraordinarily symp- sim- sympathetic to the to Una Linsky and, and her, and because they feel she never got justice. Mm. But Marty never, their brother never got justice either. So, but what they want is a public inquiry into how this happened, how this came about. And they want the Gardaí in some way to acknowledge. Uh, they want an apology from the state and the Gardaí. They want, and they want to know, uh, the, the Gardaí to acknowledge their part in creating the environment that allowed that had that where Marty was killed. They want that to be acknowledged and, and in some way the responsibility and accountability to be taken. Um, and I think they also know that Marty never got justice. Mm. Dick, uh, Dick didn't really get justice. Yeah. He got an acquittal. But as, as people say, Oh, he was quitted, but he'd got off on a technicality. Well, this I is what people I, will say. And this this yeah. followed him as well throughout his oh, life, you know, when he went to try and get jobs and people yeah. find out who he is and he's let yeah. go from jobs and it's it's constantly hanging over him all, all through yeah. his life. I mean, it's such an important programme, Mick. It really is. And I know it's going to do a lot of good in terms of, you know, investigation and, and open up these cases again. I've no doubt that we're all going to be glued to it tonight. Thank you so, so much for joining me on the show today. And thank you for having me. Not at all. Crimes and confessions it airs tonight on RT1 9.35 and as we're discussing there the first episode which airs tonight is focusing on Una Linsky. 11 to 1 on LMFM There is so much more I could have gone into there with Mick but later on on late lunch Martin Conmey who was wrongly convicted of the murder of Una Linsky is going to be sharing his story with Jerry on late lunch ahead of this series starting as well uh, tonight so don't miss that one that's coming your way 1.30pm with Jerry. so um, that'll go into a bit more of Martin's personal experience in this ahead of tonight's uh, first episode that's on RTE 1 9.35 now back to the music here's the commitments yeah, LMFM Radio, 11 to 1. Sinead Brazel here with you. That's commitments. Try a little tenderness. Just wanted to let people know that I've been on to solicitor Elaine Byrne and I was chatting to her there earlier on this morning and she has confirmed her availability for this week on the programme to talk once again about making a will because I know um, last year we had her on and there was lots of people getting on to me saying, can you please have her back on again? They'd so many questions and different things for Elaine. 
So if you're thinking about it, if you're unsure what to do if what in terms of your circumstances or making a will and you want to ask Elaine a question, you can do so. We're going to chat to her on Thursday's programme, OK? So uh, if you can get in touch with us, you know, on 086 1800 or you can email us as well, info at lmfm.ie if you had a question or anything for Elaine. So she is going to join us on making a will, what you need to know, different things there that might crop up when you're making a will and any questions that you might have. We welcome them. We do. So that's happening on Thursday's programme. Now back to today and on the job hunt today I have one here for you. Home Instead are recruiting new and experienced caregivers in Louth and also in the Monaghan area. For more details and information you can check out homeinstead.ie Don't forget to check lmfm.ie the local job section. We update different uh, jobs that come in and whatever else if you're on the job hunt that's the place to go on lmfm.ie 11 to 1 on LMFM LMFM if something's free our bingo jackpot is reaching a whopping 9,200 euro which is fantastic this week so just wanted to remind you that that huge amount of money is up for grabs and you can purchase your LMFM radio bingo book uh, with daily prizes and big big jackpots anywhere around the place in the northeast there's so many different outlets but also on lmfm.ie I want to congratulate recent winners Bridie Doyle she's from Pavilions Park in Drogheda and also Mary Hoy in Blackrock they won 600 euro nice that's nice in January isn't it get a nice little chunk of money like that but the jackpot is 9,200 euro so stay tuned to LMFM for more details on our promotion that you know runs every single day Monday to Friday so log on to lmfm.ie if you want to find the bingo books and they're also available in various outlets throughout the northeast. Alicia Keys, Empire State of Mind. She has an eighth album. Yeah, eighth album released, I think it was just before Christmas and uh, it's like a double album, 26 track double album. I've yet to hear anything actually off it, but apparently there's kind of like um, a stripped back kind of piano bass sound on one uh, side of it and then uh, it's a bit more kind of hip hop reworkings on the second uh, sort of track or the second side of it so there you go yeah she's back she's back with mu- new music there she is with Empire State of Mind that is our lot on the show for today thank you so much for your company as always I'll leave you with Fat Lady Sings have a great Monday I'll chat to you tomorrow 11 to 1 on LMFM LMFM Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. 
That's stamps.com code program.